0: hello i'm harry hello i'm rory and you're listening to games on film
1: Happy New Year. It might be February the 1st as you listen to this episode, if you're super duper keen. But here it's still January. It's the day Meatloaf died. Uh, in the name of the king's Meatloaf has left this mortal. Blood rain. Gosh, I got my Uwe Bowl films mixed up.
0: <laughs> How could you forget his immortal term as Leonidas, hedonistic <sighs> vampire lord?
1: I know I was telling I'm currently in our Somerset studio where my mum and dad also live. It's their house. And I was telling our dad about how uh, we saw a film where Meatloaf was just sp- spredeagled on cushions with half naked ladies all over. It was a terrible film. And my our dad was like, it doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> Not bad for Meatloaf, at least. But anyway, R.I.P. Uh, Meatloaf. But Let's stop thinking about the past. Let's look to the future. Today, in a very special episode, it's special because we didn't have to watch a film for it. <laughs> it's just a bunch a pre- of trailers. Just a bunch of trailers. It's our 2022 preview because this seems to be a slap-up grill of a yeah. I don't know what that means. Are you hungry? It's, I'm. I'm, I'm a bit hungry. About yeah, meatloaf. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we started this podcast during a quite bountiful year of video game movie content, and, and lo and behold, as I look at 2022, there's quite a lot of beautiful, beautiful content out there, isn't there?
0: Yeah, it's we've been doing this almost four years now, and we haven't actually ever done, apart from I think our very first episode, a sort of coming attractions preview, but maybe it's now because we've had this little festive break, extended winter break, we're back out of hibernation. And maybe it's uh yeah a good opportunity to have a look at some of the forthcoming movies and also particularly I feel like this year will be the dawn of a new era of video game television adaptation um Mm. and also talk about some of the games inspired by movies um which is something we don't sort of get to talk about too much outside of sort of
1: special episodes yeah i'm quite excited about those video games because we've suffered through many a year of smartphone tie-ins but there's some actual video games out there i'm (laughs) sorry if you develop smartphone games i'm really sorry creator of flappy birds hey i love mario kart tour (laughs) And I just downloaded
0: Disney Blitz emoji purely because they did a special where you could get wrongs gone wrong emojis. And as my wife worked on that movie, I needed to get
1: my special Ron's gone wrong emojis for Disney Emoji Blitz. Oh, well, good for you. Um, <laughs> at least it's better for the environment than like those, what, Disney Infinity figures, which are clogging up every um, charity shop I go to now. <laughs> But yeah, exciting times, full stop. Where shall we begin, Rory? Well, maybe we should just have like a quick 2021
0: recap. as Mm. you know, that was also in its way a fairly bountiful year in terms of uh, film releases. If you Um,
1: like, well, but also if you like Netflix and if you like dragons, you were fully sorted (laughs) in 2021. Because there's Dragon's Dogma and Dota, Dragon's Blood. And I actually love the TV show... The Dragon Prince, which has nothing to do with Netflix, but is from the creators, I think, of Avatar Last Airbender. So I don't know, if you're a dragon fetishist, you must be like happier than a pick and shit. Yeah,
0: we we did do Monster Hunter, which I guess had Dragon E things in it that was delayed from 2020 and finally released in the UK in 2021. Mortal Kombat Battle of the Realms was the animated follow-up we didn't do, but I assume has a bit of dragony action because there's a dragon on the logo. But we did do the Mortal Kombat movie, where Liu Kang turns into a dragon at some point. We
1: did. That was actually bizarrely, even though I think on the pods I said I was a little bit disappointed with the new Mortal Kombat movie. I went on holiday to Brighton for a week and I ended up watching that late one night. It was proper. I think I I wanted to watch it because I was also eating ribs. Okay. <laughs> And I thought, I want to have something with lots of exposed ribs. (laughs) Mortal Kombat, that will do. It's still pretty bloody average. But um, imagine people going to a Mortal Kombat film, animated or otherwise, and being disappointed that there was no dragon in it. Like, it's on the flippant logo. Where's the (laughs) dragon?
0: (laughs) Every time it promises a dragon. Mortal Kombat was one of the big releases. There was Free Guy, obviously, Mm -hmm. which was the kind of, I guess, big inspired by a video game movie which uh, did pretty well at the box office
1: yeah and funnily enough though we were both kind of free guy stands, but the internet when it came to disney plus the internet really took against it they were (laughs) like they i think that clip that and i think if we're on record on the podcast saying that whole section when Ryan Reynolds is showing off a lightsaber and a Captain America shield and things like that. People fixated, hyper fixated on it and said, This is IP madness. Like, creativity is dead. But it was like one bad 30 second bit.
0: Yes. If that had been like constantly throughout the movie, I could get that. But it, like, all the kind of IP stuff was. Very much contained in that one moment mm. and didn't really sort of like filter out throughout the movie. So it's like it's this
1: it's this sort of really melodramatic manner people have on Twitter, where I think I saw a tweet and somebody said, oh, "I turned it off after 20 minutes. I couldn't stand it." And I'm like, "Dude, I watched Geddon about a killer lama attacking students, and that is worse." And free guy and then the Lama gaddon official twitter account retweeted me <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i mean, come on we've we just watch a lot of crap on this podcast a lot of a lot of gems as well but um free guy is fine it's all right well i, suppose, I like it.
0: i suppose in terms of like uh, last year some of the surprises we had i think werewolves within was maybe one of the best surprises
1: mm, and which is just on netflix
0: like didn't know it even existed until we, you know, recorded the episode sort of (laughs) week.
1: Didn't didn't know it existed until we're halfway through. (laughs) Like, hang on, what have I been watching for the last half hour?
0: Um, But yeah, that was like a really pleasant surprise and I'd really recommend people watch that and then obviously listen to our episode about it uh, if they haven't already done so. And I know I wasn't much of a fan, but I know you enjoy the intergalactic adventures of max cloud
1: yeah i thought it was pretty good and i feel like looking at some other films that we missed in 2021 seems there's some similarities with other sort of retro gaming influenced video gamey things i'm thinking specifically of um max reload and the nether blasters is that what Mm. i'm thinking of that seems to be uh, the advertising campaign seems to have hooked Kevin Smith in there as a starring role. Seeming, I guess, not playing Kevin Smith, but he is Kevin Smith. But from the trailer, it seemed that people are being chased by video game creations in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed Max Cloud. <laughs> Max Reloader, Max Cloud. Uh, I enjoyed Max Cloud, but have especially enjoyed uh, Scott Adkins fans. Who are like going through all his filmography, sort of stumbling onto this weird sort of he he, Max Cloud, Scott Atkins, he's playing Buzz Lightyear effectively. And they're like, What what the fuck is this? (laughs) He's like, Where's Bruce Willis in this thing? Because he isn't Scott Atkins in the Bruce Willis movie. Again, New Year. We've got some New Year's resolutions, but one of them is not Stop Mentioning Bruce Willis. (laughs) Sorry, not Stop Mentioning Bruce Willis? Or not Yeah, it is not. We are not going to stop mentioning Bruce Willis.
0: (laughs) Yep. We're going to keep on talking about him if he keeps on making strange movies with weird titles and.
1: I did see Angry a Twitter faces. thread. I saw a Twitter thread. Somebody was reviewing all of his output this year and I was just thought, you're doing God's work. <laughs> like and yeah, he's in the he's on the video box, but he's always in it for five minutes, pulling a complete non-performance out of his asshole.
0: It's funny how he's like the kind of the the flip side to Nicholas Cage, where Nicholas Cage could star in as many of those movies with similar titles and mm-hmm. making the same expression on every box. But yet he throws us like juicy bones of good performances or interesting performances or wackadoo crazy stuff in between and it's just like oh yeah but everyone loves Nicolas Cage and everyone's tired of what Bruce Willis is doing with his yeah. career
1: but hey if, if Bruce Wallace want, Bruce Wallace <laughs> if Bruce Willis or Wallace wants to come on the show and discuss video game movies with us and please you know get in touch
0: well they've just announced uh aardman have just announced new movies so are you pitching mm-hmm. bruce willis and grommet
1: yeah i think grommet would be a perfect role for bruce willis well
0: no but I, I think wallace would be a good role for bruce willis they look very much alike
1: well i mean if any photoshop wizards out there wants to turn his dirty vest from diehard into sort of a, a knitted a knitted jumper vest thingy and give him that iconic collar i'll see that hey wallace has been known
0: to wear a string vest in in bed before being woken up by a rube goldberg-esque contraption
1: <laughs> i feel we might have segued slightly So this is what bruce willis does he like we're hans gruber and here comes bruce willis fucking up a plan to do a successful <laughs> podcast so let's get back on track
0: well talking about more 80s nostalgia i mean you mentioned matt's reload of the Neverblasters. there was eight bit christmas Mm. Uh, about one boy's quest to grow up to become neil patrick harris
1: <laughs> well isn't it sort of like jingle all the way but um turbo man in this instance is a NES. yes a nes console okay i've heard i was listening to the empire podcast um though i think it was their review of 2021 and one of them said it was great so maybe we'll put that in our back pocket for christmas this year We're already already making plans for Christmas, folks. (laughs) Mark that in your calendar. I think another one we missed was uh,
0: there was a film called Hero Mode, which I guess is another Mm. sort of kid's film about a young kid who's a a wizard games development and has to save his dad's video game company or something. It stars Sean Astin, uh, Mira Savino, and Mary Lynn rice a.k.a. Chloe from
1: 24. Yeah, I watched the trailer for that. And it seems to have been conceived and written by someone who's been dropped on their head. <laughs> but in the eighties, and then they've woken up and like, I'm gonna make a movie just like they did in the eighties. I think it's not set in the eighties, is it? No. No. But it's definitely got that this is a child prodigy, and he could save his parents' company vibe. I think I think
0: it's one of those things where and I think with some of these films, and it's interesting seeing these kind of trends how Indie filmmakers or lower budget films can get out there and get distributed and get released. And we're seeing people using these kind of touchstones of retro and nostalgia and 80s and things to make stuff with a video game inspired motif. So, you know, it's nice for us to kind of cover them and review them. I sometimes feel a little bit bad about being too harsh on these things because they have sort of sincerity and sweetness to them, perhaps.
1: I, I just think, I think I'm feeling slightly cynical at this point of the podcast because I'm reminded of how, I mean, you, you very kindly created a list of loads of trailers and I watched them all and you really noticed just how many, how there's like two or three stories in existence, <laughs> maybe a bit more, but it just felt like, oh, I just, everything's the same. Like I saw two almost identical dragon animated series on netflix like i said and it's like maybe i just hate stories (laughs) maybe i just hate anything with a narrative
0: (laughs) i i think though if we're doing a video game movie podcast and we're covering films inspired by video games we just have to be prepared that half the movies are going to be the computer game has entered the real world and the Mm -hmm. other half is going to be we have entered the computer game world and just accept that's fact (laughs)
1: I don't know. I saw on Twitter an image of a duck and it said everything in the universe either is or isn't a duck. And that has stuck with me. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I get where you're coming from, I think.
0: But maybe we should then talk about bigger budget movies so we feel less bad about ragging on them sometimes.
1: Yeah, we, we've we kicked the in- independent cinema when it's down. Let's go to like 14 screens of Spider-Man type films we like. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so 2022. Let's let's see what's on the big screen.
1: Yeah, speaking of Spider Man, something which has been advertised every fucking time I've seen it. Yes, I'm part of the problem. I've seen it about four times now. Uh, Uncharted, Sony's Uncharted, starring Spider Man himself. It's funny how my mind went to the brand Sony first before the star, the Tom Holland one. Yes, because they're starring Tobey Maguire, who may be be might be a bit more age appropriate i mean a big the big thing isn't it is so toby oh god i'm getting see again i'm getting all confused now uh tom holland is playing nathan drake and yes. you're you are the big uncharted fan that series passed me by when the, tom the, the, Holl- the, the big uncharted fan
0: between us two
1: between us
0: yes, uh, yes I've, I've played i've played uncharted 1 to 4 and i like those games very very much but i couldn't possibly label myself as like the
1: big uncharted fan okay but i have to when you saw that first photo of sully without the mustache where you're like what have they done to
0: sully well I, I understand and like the uncharted film has gone through a very long gestation process with multiple directors and multiple cast members and Mark Wahlberg at one point going to be Nathan Drake himself. Mm -hmm. And I think Robert De Niro playing the Sully role, I think when David O. Russell was attached. Um, So, you know, the fact that he's still there, but obviously he's aged up, but neither character is the age that they are expected to be. But I think they're sort of, again, they're setting it up for future installments and they're playing the whole well at different points in other games in the Uncharted series you sometimes play as a young Drake like kid version okay and so this is sort of in between so i can tell from the trailer and particularly the the second more recent trailer that there are cues where they're trying to sort of like you know let the fans know that they know that this is the situation and it's one of those things where it's just like oh if we acknowledge it then you can't come at us. And it's just like uh, maybe just do it right. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know. Remains to be seen exactly how it is. I, I've I've got confidence in terms of the the action um, and how that all looks because Uncharted games are all about big set pieces, and from the trailers, this seems to have some really cool, fun, exciting set pieces. Whether or not. You know, I can kind of squint past and sort of accept that this is not the Nathan Drake of the games, but is something in between. Remains to be seen. But you know, I've I've got um, sort of uh, I wouldn't say high hopes, but I'm I'm excited to see what they do because regardless of anything, whether or not it's a good adaptation, I think it's fun to see these adventure romps. Mm. on the big screen and the director Ruben Fleischer who did Zombieland and more recently the first Venom movie I quite liked the first Venom movie because it was like Mm. pretty goofy and it's like the vibe of that first Venom movie was very much like the Raimi Spider-Man movies
1: in 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 a a certain way It felt like a tonal throwback, certainly.
0: Yeah, it it felt like a superhero movie from the mid two thousands, which is quite novel in this, you know, either sort of like, you know, DC or or Marvel Studios kind of superhero movies. How they've got their own like feel and vibe, and this was very Mm -hmm. much just like, oh, we're just going to do this goofy load of Tom Hardy acting exercise weirdness. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of fun.
1: As will probably be a, a repeated line of this podcast, it remains to be seen. <laughs> um, I think the action, again, it bums me out when I see a trailer which looks... They take, they've they ripped out the set piece from the end of The Living Daylights, where James Bond is hanging out at the back of an aeroplane on a box and they've just CGI'd it so it looks a bit poo. So there's that. But, you know, in regards to Sully's moustache, I just hope there's a scene where he's handed like a little box and he opens the box and inside is a mustache. <laughs> I kind of wanted that to be the final scene of the TV show Gotham. Commissioner <laughs> Gordon. Commissioner Gordon in the TV show he didn't have a mustache. Okay. But then just the other day, my wife was like, Oh, they're filming, we're filming the Batman TV show nearby. And my mind went to, Oh, you mean the spin-off of The Batman about Gotham Central? And then she said, No, it's like about pennyworth or something. I said, Oh yeah. Fuck, there's like so many Batman TV shows out there yeah. without Batman in it.
0: <laughs> Aren't they filming like the Batgirl TV show in Glasgow at the moment?
1: F- that's a film, but uh. it's 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 directly for HBO Max. So what a time to be alive! <laughs>
0: Can't move the Batman yeah. and
1: no, you you know what we need? We need we need we need Sonic the Hedgehog too.
0: <laughs> Seamless segue. <laughs> Just trying to segue before. No, just go with Less it. Bigger about involved. the Batman and more
1: about the blue blur. More about the blue blur. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. We kind of enjoyed the first one, didn't we? You um, did. Did I? You know, it's well, funny. I keep... didn't
0: care. I I, 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 It was one of those films where it's just like, I appreciate what it's trying to do and I'm very happy that people like it, but I can't say it did a lot for me. Hmm. And judging well, by the judging by the new trailer for for the second movie, it seems like it's more of the same. And as people really liked that, you know, the fans and things of like that, and it was a you know big pre COVID hit. I it, you know yes, it was
1: it was many film many people's last film before the pandemic. Yeah. So if anything, it's going to elicit fond memories of going to the cinema.
0: But uh, yeah, it, it's it's more of the same from the looks of things, which is great for those who liked that same original i'm still just kind of like bracing myself for kind <laughs> of like just sort of hair eh, hair and lots of cringe and just hoping that it's shiny enough and there's maybe some jokes in there not in the trailer which i find amusing
1: yeah i mean the big thing is that idris elba is here playing knuckles and when that first trailer hit people kept retweeting his interview where he promised that Knuckles would not be sexy. And people <laughs> were like, you lied. <laughs> like, Do you think I need your power? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I hope there's a scene when uh, Sonic falls out with James Masters' policeman character and as soon as he leaves James Masters' house, Sonic goes, you know what? All cops are bastards. <laughs> And then he leaves credits. <laughs>
0: That's how it ends. <laughs> I wonder if they'll address that like. I was gonna say he's one bad apple, but uh, anyway, maybe Tails a... will appear in the Sonic in in the real world and be like, "Your friend's a
1: chap Ew. <laughs> it's just speaking of the real world, you know, again, you just look at you think, you know, we could have a Sonic franchise not set in some fucking little town in america but uh, never mind (laughs) it's kind of a heaty thing i guess i mean maybe i mean even if you didn't like the film it's nice to see jim carrey doing broad comedy so looks like we'll get more of that so
2: there's that watch this space hi everyone i'm shigeru miyamoto We've previously announced that I have been working with the Hollywood movie studio Illumination and its CEO and producer Chris Melodandri-san, who are known for movies like Despicable Me and Sing in making a full-length animated Mario movie for the big screen. Today, I wanted to announce its theatrical release timing. Ta-da! The movie will be released in theaters in holiday 2022. The release date for North America is on December 21st, and we'll be announcing release dates for Japan, Europe, and other regions at a later timing. It'll be a while longer until we can share a glimpse of Mario in action on the big screen. But today, I also wanted to reveal our key cast members who will be voicing Mario and his friends in the movie. First of course is Mario, who will be played by Chris Pratt. He's so cool! Mario will be talking a lot in the movie. Please look forward to Mario as performed by the very talented chris Sun. Next, Princess Peach will be played by Anya Taylor-Joy. I can't wait to see a very spirited Princess Peach. Mario's little brother Luigi will be played by Charlie Day. I'm excited for you to see this timid sibling appear on screen. Bowser will be played by the one and only Jack Black. I'm expecting a monster performance by jack Sun. The comedian Keegan-Michael Key will be playing Toad. I'm looking forward to great comedic moments. Even though this is a Mario movie, Donkey Kong will also be making an appearance. He will be played by Seth Rogen. I'm eager for you to see a humorous Donkey Kong by seth Sun. And of course, Charles Martinet, who has voiced Mario and many more Nintendo characters in our games over the years, is also involved and will be appearing in surprise cameos in the movie. I guess the
0: big internet destroying news in video game movie realm of 2021 and Sonic's arch nemesis was the nintendo direct when everyone was really excited just looking at the latest nintendo games and shigeru miyamoto suddenly appears out of nowhere and drops big his trousers in. and
3: shits on your
1: dreams
0: <laughs> some people's maybe
1: but they didn't even pixelate it It just <laughs> everything Sorry, I ruined your flow there, but uh, not
0: but <laughs> um, that image. Yeah, the, the the unexpected announcement that he would just be, oh, by the way, uh, here's an update on the Mario movie. It's coming out holiday 2022 and confirmed US release date of 21st of December 2022. So already like, what? And then just the sheer madness of his revealing of each individual confirmed cast member was just like piling on craziness after craziness i felt like my soul left my body it was like the giddiest feeling i've had in a very long time
1: okay so the original title was untitled super mario project
0: (laughs) they may still keep that in an untitled goose game sort of way
1: and the the top cast chris pratt as mario brackets voice (laughs) not motion capture Um, then so yeah chris pratt he's become like the internet's favorite punching bag and obviously he's fantastic in guardians of the galaxy but i think as the years have gone on and like more of his personal life has come on show it's been a bit like hmm, he's in a possibly homophobic church and he's possibly oh he is a big fan of hunting but i feel i want to at this point of the podcast I feel like there's a few things coming up where I'm like, there's certain problem, potentially problematic people, and I think I can get really bogged down in like whether on like J.K. Rowling's transphobiness, and so I'm just gonna leave it there. (laughs) I think it's yeah, I, I I think
0: there's there's a lot of issues surrounding it, and when he did that Instagram video where he was announcing his casting and said that he's working on the voice. But then he said,
2: "It's a me, a Mario. That's not the voice. You'll have to wait to hear the voice. But we've been working hard at it, and, and I'm really excited to announce that I'm
3: going to be the voice of that video game that I dreamed about playing as a kid. Dreams come true." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that
0: when that, I, the, I feel the like your a... catchphrase is mm. "It's a me, Mario," but he said, "It's me, a Mario." <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like,
1: ooh. Yeah. I mean, I think I read another headline where the makers of the film were saying, we've heard Chris Pratt's Mario voice and it's incredible. I'm like, how incredible is a shit Italian accent going to be? But also, this is all kind of funny. I mean, there's the Chris Pratt thing, but this is also couched. People are like clutching their pearls as if Chris Charles Martinet's video game Mario voice from 97 onwards. Isn't the most offensive and stereotypical <laughs> Italian voice in the world, so it's yeah. just so it's just a big tin of weird. And I mean, we went Chris Pratt, but we got Anya Taylor Joy as Peach, Jack Black as Bowser, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Keenan Michael Care as Toad. The list goes on. It's pretty. A so- it's a pretty solid cast. I mean, we go. All we really have to go on for a lot of our twenty twenty two previews is the cast and there's quite strong casts in the films coming up but um i think what most causes me concern is that this is by illumination studios which has a pretty solid hit rate of kind of fine animated movies it's the house that minions built isn't it
0: i was just trying to think if i've actually seen any illumination movies and i don't think i have because i've just been sort of Put off by their vibe and sort of like just let them be and exist in their own little weird bubble of screechy (laughs) annoyance.
1: I mean, I've had like like many of my prejudices, it is deeply unfounded, (laughs) and I firmly believe the minions were created expressly to become what they have become like supremely marketable, nonsense speaking. twats um and you know i think it's just it felt very corporate and crap and so it sort of feels like the the marriage of nintendo slash universal slash Illumination is sort of the path of least resistance and not much creativity is going to be involved but we've not seen a single second of footage and i am prepared to eat my mario hat
0: the tray as soon as the trailer comes out then I'll know exactly what this is. And from the cast list, you can sort of gleam the kind of vibe a little bit, but it's still so uncertain. And I think, I think, you know, what, what people say about Chris Pratt, you know, they, they sort of forget that his background, you know, in parts and recreation, he was incredibly funny in that show. Um, he's obviously been very good in voice acting roles in the Lego movies mm. in on yep. he was good as well. So I, I don't sort of doubt his ability to perform in that respect, but you know there is a reason why the Chris Pratt as has become a kind of like funny joke meme. I think thing for everything.
1: I think so. I mean, if maybe was it like the week afterwards Chris Pratt was announced as Garfield? So it shows you there's like no imagination when it comes to casting animated characters, and of course certain people in the animation quarter both. I guess animators, but also um like voice artists really take issue with celebrities doing cartoon characters? Mm. You know.
0: But I, I think I think, you know, just to sort of wrap up on the Mario movie, I what in sort of intrigues me as well is the fact that we do have Sephiroth in as Donkey Kong. And that we do have, like, k <laughs> and we have yeah. Donkey Kong. And it's just, like, all these little... So I, I
1: Sorry, I guess Donkey Kong's going to start laughing like a stoner then? That's, like... <laughs> I'm
0: sure he's going to peel an, a banana and smoke it like a big movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun laugh to imitate badly. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, but I think, yeah, just, like, having these, like, extra cast members is just... Wow, they're really making the Mario world somehow in some shape or form. So, yeah, very intriguing.
1: It'd be funny if it's just like a perfect recreation of the 1993 movies universe. <laughs> it's like it looks like an industrial hellscape.
0: Oh, uh, it's the same script, just animated this time.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I unconsciously just did almost a Seth Rogen laugh out. I just went <laughs> uh, let's move on. What's what's next? Um, well, what have we got looked forward to. <laughs> I guess we're
0: now sort of straying into TBC territory. So these are all films which are in various stages of production, um, but we're expecting probably to have some sort of release or release announcement in 2022. I guess the big one is Borderlands,
2: which mm-hmm. has sort
0: of rap shooting, and that's with Eli Roth directing and a cast which includes Kate Blanchett, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Hart from the Jumanji movies and Jack Black, voice of Bowser (laughs) in the Mario movie, but here portraying the robot claptrap. So not so much, uh, you know, a huge amount necessarily known, but at the moment we've just had sort of teased silhouette images of the principal cast and characters.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really intriguing um, advertising strategy because the characters, I mean, I've not played the Borderlands games, I'm afraid, but uh, the character designs are still kind of iconic. So to have them show that the characters are, they look identical, is pretty good. But then I've also been recently burned by the Cowboy Bebop Netflix show. So that's not always going to work. Um, I guess it's also interesting to have Eli Roth directing it, who is kind of started his career making kind of 80s throwback horror mo- fare like uh, Cabin. I was gonna say cabin of Woods. cabin fever, that's the one with like the flesh eating virus. Um, I mean, this could be like how James Gunn did Guardians of the Galaxy. This could be Eli Roth's Guardians of the Galaxy, um, but I think James Gunn is a better talent than Eli Roth because Eli Roth has done some terrible shit. But I was looking at this cast list and I was like, why is Kate Blanchett in this? And then I remembered he directed uh, the the House of Clocks in its walls, Mm. which I watched and I really enjoyed. It was certainly not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it showed that he was able to do, like, for want of a better phrase, more family-friendly fare. But it had a dark patch as well. There's an extended sequence also where Jack Black, head is on a baby's body which is the most terrifying thing i've ever seen
0: (laughs) i don't know i watched the cinderella movie where at one point james corden's human head is on a tiny mouse body and
1: that's led to sleepless nights yeah speaking of internet people the internet hates you could have stopped at james corden (laughs) but uh yeah we'll see i mean I think I'm quite, quite, quite intrigued. I like how we're being teased, and I'm looking forward to seeing this world on the big screen or on my phone, whatever. Whatever's <laughs> the most easiest way to watch it.
0: Well, I think the one I'm I'm sort of looking forward to, actually, is the Tetris movie, mm. which um, is not what it sounds like.
1: But but- yeah, I, I had to readjust my expectations <laughs> a little bit. It's like, how would you make a plot out of... I guess is Seth Rogen's gonna play the I tetromino, and what Jack uh Chris Pratt is gonna be the square, <laughs> and
0: all your favourites are I here. The whole
1: gang is all here. All your favourites, all gang. James Corden is like that annoying diagonal one. If <laughs> <laughs> they somehow get a fat joke in there. But yeah, it's not. It's. I mean, I think there was at one point mooted a Ridley Scott. Was Ridley Scott going to do a Tetris movie at one point? I think he was going to do the Monopoly movie. Okay, but um, yeah, the actual story of how Tetris came to be the hit is is absolutely fascinating, and that's what this film's about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, there was a good BBC documentary about it, maybe ten years ago or so, which um. Uh, was all about sort of how Tetris made it to the West and how it has this kind of like the veil of the Cold War in the background and mm. how basically it sort of was originally developed um, and then became this kind of mega hit around the world and all the legal battles that took place. Yeah.
1: Early video game stories can are often just... To, in my, I, I get the sense that there's a lot of... I just developed stuff in my bedroom and then it became a hit. But this has all, all that intrigue you mentioned. Mm. And
0: So, yeah. So it's directed by John S. Baird, who last made Stan and Ollie. Um, and is produced by Matthew Vaughan, um, who has sort of mentioned in an interview recently that he sees it like uh, the Big Short meets Bridge of Spies. And it's got in its cast, Taron Egerton, uh, Toby Jones, Roger Allen, And I think it's meant to come out on Apple Plus. Originally, it was sort of due... Is it Apple Plus? Whatever, Apple TV. Disney Plus. Apple. But it's the Apple one. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I really hate Apple TV shows They and films. They just... Mainly because I am inconvenienced because I have to sign up through my computer and all that shite. <laughs> Well, so this is meant to,
0: I think this was meant to come out maybe towards the end of last year, but at the moment it's a bit sort of
1: TBC, but they've sort of finished all the. um... They'll slot it into the schedule somehow, then all the other blocks will disappear. Uh...
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I, I think it has the potential to be a very fun, interesting, thriller ish sort of mm. take on on video games because I know there have been talks about making TV shows about the making of Doom and console wars and all this kind of stuff. Um so there's a lot of, as you say, the 70s and 80s and the sort of early days of video games, there have been a lot of documentaries, etc., about this sort of thing. Mm. But I think there's a lot of um material out there because you know, with a new industry and things, no one really knew what they were doing at the time. So I think there's lots of potential for these kind of stories to be made uh, dramatically.
1: Whenever there's a new technology like the internet, social media, because it's so unregulated, there's always some really good material in there for a story, isn't there? Mm. Uh, as just as long as it, the credits include uh, the Tetris Dance Me- Remix by Doctor Spin a.k.a. Angeloid Weather, I'll be happy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and now, you're going to dig this.
1: So I spent many a night practicing Cossack dancing in front of a mirror to that dance track. And I'm proud. I'm, I, I could Cossack. I can do it. I, I can't anymore. No, unless you want a backing track of knees clicking. (laughs) Um, On this list, I've got something I barely even understand. It's called Cursor, but it's spelled C-U-R-S. Pointy arrow thing to the right, R. I think, is that larger than? Yeah, in in this con title, S is larger than R. If you can get that round to your head. What's this about? It's got Ace Butterfield in it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a forthcoming horror thriller um, made in the UK, uh, which Netflix has acquired the rights to starring Ace Butterfield, Iola Evans and Eddie Marzan. And it is, I think, according to Variety, a dark twist on the 80s gaming obsession. And it says, in the pick, a broke college dropout decides to play an obscure 1980s survival computer game in pursuit of an unclaimed $125,000 prize. But the game curses her, and she's faced with dangerous choices and reality warping challenges. So, yeah, video game could kill you. Again, we have seen Stay Alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But hey, this might be something else.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm already looking forward to that Netflix thumbnail of Ace of Butterfield looking slightly concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. There's not much information, so I've got not much to say. But the Ace of Butterfield is always a lot of fun. I actually was doing a stand-up comedy gig once, and he was in the front row, but I couldn't recognize. I didn't remember where he was from, so I just completely lost my train of thought and I just said, Do I know you? <laughs> That's a good good, good audience think, banter, isn't it? I know. <laughs> and he I think he said, uh you might do.
0: <laughs> you should have probably said um
1: What do you do for a living? Yes, yeah, oh, an actor. <laughs> anyway. But he's I, a Twitch
0: streamer, right? As well. He plays Smash Brothers.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: I think he's like he's like a Super Smash Brothers, not champion, but I think he plays a lot of Super Smash Brothers. That's his main uh, thing. Do you, do you know? Do you know what his main is? No,
1: Donkey Kong. Mm. <laughs> so I think you've got a few things here where we they might be post 2022. I think this is in like the news front. Um, like we know. Tomb Raider 2 is, is trundling along. Um,
0: yeah, because we mentioned um, Ben Wheatley being announced as director when we had our episode episode 40 with Luke Owen, and we played that guessing game where you had to work out who the announced director <laughs> of Tomb Raider 2 was. And turns out it's no longer him. He's off to do yeah. the, the Meg 2 with Jason Statham.
1: I'm, I'm sure, I'm 99% sure when I was going through those names, I said Misha Green, because <laughs> uh, I heard this show called Lovecraft Craft Country, and I bet Misha Green's going to be doing radio. Like, no, it's Ben Wheatley. Well, I was right. Yeah, <laughs> that's all lies. You weren't <laughs> wrong.
0: uh Yeah. So there, there is a sort of. It's one of those things where I think the pandemic has obviously disrupted stuff. So they are. It's funnily still... enough,
1: Ben Wheatley made a film during the pandemic. So in the Earth, which I I recommend.
0: I watched that um, just the other
1: day and I
0: really liked it. And then I went on Letterboxd and so many people hated it. And I
1: was just like, why though? It's good. Because it didn't have any Spider-Man in it, obviously. Mm. Uh, I saw that. I'm assuming you watched that at home though, because I watched yeah. that in a cinema and that was quite an incredible experience. But hey, anyway, um, Tomb Raider, I'm so kind of surprised still that it's got a sequel because it, came and went and I didn't seem to rock anyone's world. It was fairly decent again, it seemed to have like bad cGI uh in place of actual stunts. but I am oh, I'm sorry if I sound woke, but I think it's important that a female director perhaps directs a Tomb Raider movie for a change, so yeah, it's something no, we have I'm, not had yet, yeah. So let's, I hope Alicia Vikander continues to have a fruitful filmmaking career. End statement. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, well, a couple of other projects um, which uh, have been announced, but I don't expect we'll get anything necessarily this year. Um, but there was the announcement that the Animal Crossing horror short film Don't Peak is going to be adapted into a full-length film, no doubt what? No doubt, without the blessing of Nintendo or Animal Crossing. But there was a short film, I think, yeah. it was last year, um, which uh, was pretty cool, pretty effective. A little bit like how Lights Out was a short film and people thought, oh, that's creepy, let's make a movie of it.
1: Yeah, and I, it if, I recall, the same. if I recall, that was a bad idea because <laughs> the... <laughs> The, the lights out movie was in no way as good as the short. But yeah, do yourself a favor and look at search YouTube for Don't Peek the Animal Crossing horror movie, because that uh that made me even more fearful of Tom Nook, I suppose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, I guess the other sort of you know, one of many adaptations coming up, but uh confirmed to be a movie, and I think Netflix is also interested in this, is a live-action Mega Man movie mm. is one of the few big capcom properties which has not been turned into a movie yet is is paul w sanderson attached to this yet i don't believe so i think it's uh henry hoost and rail shulman best
1: known for catfish i've not seen that and That's i've not ever, ever done it
0: kind of <laughs> faux documentary ish Finny majigger about lying on the internet. Mm. But they said to kind of off into a TV show, and I think they made what did they make? I think they made Nerve. Is that the film with Dave Franco and like an app telling oh. you to do crazy stuff?
1: I, I think th- so-, it so. It sounds like something Dave Franco would be in.
0: <laughs> yeah, they directed that. It was all I right.
1: Mean, I'm already kind of. St- like uh, stealing myself to all the wags saying, oh, look, Mega Man crouches in this film. How can can you let him crouch when he famously can't crouch, at least in the NES games I've played? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's a very wide-ranging universe. I think Mega Man's been in, like, animated TV shows before, has he not? Was he in Captain N, the Games Master? I think so, yeah. Anyway, yes, I think the big question mark above my head was a live action Mega Man. He's going to look like the like American box art of Mega Man from the where he's like, he looks like again, Buzz Lightyear. I um, sort
0: of think they're going to go for Robocop remake, but painted blue.
1: Well, why don't we just paint Robocop blue? (laughs) I mean, you sometimes click on the trailer for like a film, for like an upcoming spider-man film and some of us have been very spider-man central but i mean that's all you can see in cinemas right now um i still have um, not seen it um you see these trailers and about halfway through you realized oh wait a minute they've just edited other films into this trailer and they've just done it really well and they've really colorized things anyway uh yeah there's again next to nothing to know about a Mega Man live action movie but i hope we we get something uh, in the future
0: yeah there's there's been a whole bunch of other announcements but um we'll just try to like get to them as and when because i think with all these things you just never know things get announced and then never gets made so we'd rather talk about the video game movies we can actually see <laughs> hopefully one day hopefully
1: <laughs> But if these cinema films don't happen, we call them cinema films in this house, much like I call um I call them chips and fish. <laughs> I've never called them that before. But we um if we don't want to go to cinema, at least for some entertainments at home, isn't there? We've got TV shows. And Out came the Halo trailer. which looked very much like every single fan halo film i've seen (laughs) so i mean halo is a massive black hole in my gaming education i've played like maybe the first few hours of halo 3 and that's it i was very surprised by how goofy it was i thought it was always like kind of grim dark but as you're chasing little aliens around the place felt like making kind of cutesy poo star wars noises like Star Wars aliens uh, want to do. Are you
0: sure you were chasing the right aliens and not just like (laughs) destroying the good locals that are?
1: Whoops. I mean, speaking of Star Wars though, if you know, I think a big question is like, how can you have a halo show when the guy wears nothing but a mask the whole time? But we've had the Mandalorian now, which pretty much proves you just need a few, a few shots of Pedro Pascal being all glassy eyed and upset to, to sell your, your, your show. Um, I have no idea about even the characterization of Master Chief. I almost called him Master Chef. (laughs) Um, So, look, I look forward to that episode where I keep calling him Master Chef throughout. But, you know, what I mean, Um, do you have any idea of the characterization of Master Chief? Mm, Not really. Strong and silent type, Mm -hmm. maybe.
0: I don't know. Maybe he's, like, really, really chatty, but I just assume because he's wearing a helmet, he Mm -hmm. just is more like a dread kind
1: of character, at least in terms of just... You know. I know he he hangs out with a robot of varying degrees of sexiness. An AI, I should say. And, like, if you search her online, it's all about her chest size. But I'm sorry for all the Halo fans listening to us who are, like, screaming at us right now. Um,
0: but it's one of those things where, like, I look at the trailer and there's, like, all this stuff, which is clearly iconic. And if it was, like, a Resident Evil thing and it's just, like, it's the Umbrella logo, I'd be like, what? But with Halo, it's just like, there's someone with some armor, and it says 117. And I'm like, I guess that must that's be his the number. number. I guess Ooh. that's his like, call sign or something. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the... A
1: bit, it's the prequel to those 118, 118 adverts, which only people <laughs> of a certain age of the UK would know about.
0: Uh, now I'm intrigued. He yeah. takes off his big helmet, and he's wearing a running outfit with a vest with 117 written on it. Mm -hmm. A red headband.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) again, extremely niche joke question, Mark. (laughs) Well,
0: I Um, do know a little bit more about The Last of Us, speaking of Pedro Pascal, mm -hmm. um, which is coming to HBO with Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones as Ellie. And it's got sort of an interesting cast. It's interesting that some of the cast members are actually from the game itself reprising their roles but in live action tv show um so it seems very much like the makers are heavily involved and invested you've got neil Druckmann, who's the writer and director of the game like really involved and craig mazin who did chernobyl is this kind of showrunner
1: oh that show is amazing and i said that and the way everyone says that when we talk about (laughs) chernobyl oh have you seen chernobyl oh it's devastating oh i cried i can't wait to see it again it's amazing (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I, I think it's one of those things where it's clearly got the best possible chance of being, you know, the show with that it, it mm. needs to be, but there will always be the, well, the game is in of itself, I wouldn't say sort of cinematic, but it's so kind of like dramatic and story-led and performance-led that it's whether or not there is any need for a series, but... That being said, not everyone plays video games. So making something like this with the talent involved and stuff is like, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, we still need content for our podcast. So I'm not going to (laughs) start.
1: I think we're (laughs) going to save the existential existential
0: discussion for a a future episode about the purpose of this all.
1: As a bit of an outsider, though, I'm really conscious how this pandemic has not like stopped post-apocalyptic tv shows happening one jot you know it's now relatable it is relatable but all these apocalypses seem more fun than the one we're in (laughs) um but i mean we've had why the last man which sadly i say sadly cancelled but i watched the first two episodes and i loved the comic book but it was boring as balls um there's i think i've not seen it but they've done station 11 which is based on the book and i was reading that book when a pandemic was starting and the the book was talking about how people were stockpiling toilet roll. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> um, and gosh, I mean, sweet tooth is out at the moment. Um, I just might be apocalyptic to out <laughs> when the, but you know, the, the talent involved might get me, and also the fact I have to have to watch it because of this podcast will <laughs> 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 mean watch The Last of Us. Um, but hey, it's not games on film if we're not talking about Resident Evil. And we've got a new Resident Evil show on its way. Uh, not called Resident Evil Babies, unfortunately, even though it stars the Wesker kids.
0: Wesker, baby, <laughs> they'll make your dreams come true.
1: Oh, again, that is a show I would absolutely watch if it was just a nursery fill with, with like Chris and Jill and Leon and Wesker and, I don't know, like A Tyrant's the Nanny. <laughs> but no, it. I mean, it seems it's so i'm looking at a tweet from netflix geeked from august 2020 and it starts it's got a picture of the script page and it says when the wesker kids move to new raccoon city the secrets they uncover might be just the end of everything and i'm just like come again wesker kids what the actual fuck but you know I like big swings, so yeah. intrigued
0: when they sort of announced Lance Reddick as Albert Wesker. It's just like, okay, they're going for something different, and we like Lance Reddick, so it's like,
1: yes, in this know, house, we're... in this
0: house, we like Lance Reddick. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just sort of intrigued to see what they come up with. It's obviously not going to be, you know, anything direct in terms of adaptation, but. You know, I I, I like the kind of the feel that they seem to be going for, despite the kind of, you know, the hesitation maybe with the, you know, official synopsis or whatever. Um, And they released like a very tiny teaser of a zombie dog, because that's what you do. And -hmm. they got a shiny different logo. So, yeah, obviously intrigued my Resident Evil brain. But hey, I really liked Welcome to Raccoon City and a lot of fans didn't so um i'm clearly an easy mark for this
1: yeah you're like a resident evil bitch aren't you (laughs) so yes hook it to my veins i'm a little Um, zombie bitch yeah little zombie little zombie bitch you
3: my name is albert whisker lance Reddick. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> I love him. John Wick, friend. The, the wire. wire. And even in video games, right? Uh, <laughs> Silence of Horizon
1: Zero Dawn's Lava in the Destiny games. Yes. He is such a great guy. He came to the game awards a few years ago and presented, and he just said hello guardians. And he he loves <laughs> games. He loves this audience. And that
3: is so exciting uh, to see him uh, cast in the Resident Evil uh, yeah. live action series. That that voice, man, he is he is an amazing pick. I mean, what an actor. What what a like oh mm-hmm. um i can't wait to see what he does with wesker i love it
0: you're also a bitch for
1: shenmue aren't
0: you i am i'm a shenmue fan from day one till the day i die because that's about the time that the final game will come out Yep. um but yeah shenmue the animation a co-production of crunchyroll and adult swim just released um uh Two trailers, an English-language trailer and a Japanese-language trailer, confirming release of February 5th. Um, I'm not sure how to watch it necessarily. I think I've got Crunchyroll on PS4. I probably will end up watching it somehow. Whether or not we cover it, I don't know. But it seems very much like a purely animated version of the events of at least the first game, although I think the official poster teases stuff from the second game. So either they've done two seasons or they're compacting both games into, you know, one series remains to be seen, but it looks, it looks nice. And the thing is with the Shenmue games is that I never really cared about the story. Like what I like about it is the, inhabiting the world the the immersive experience the sort of minutiae the daily routine Mm -hmm. and just that sort of vibe that the games have and you know i really liked shenmue 3 when it finally came out because it 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 was like playing a video game from that era it's like it's like what abba did with their most recent album where they said like we did not think (laughs) about what was happening in the charts we just made the That's album that nice. we would have made in the. I'll expect this 80s. segue. <laughs> <laughs> but Shenmue was like that. It was just like, what if mm-hmm. this Shenmue 3 came out in the mid 2000s, you know, before mm. open world games and fetch quests and everything became a thing? And so I- I'm anything which keeps Shenmue alive and mm-hmm. therefore allows for more Shenmue games. I don't care what happens with the story. I don't care if Ryo ever avenges his father's death.
1: I was gonna like how long get over at Rio. <laughs> he's been dead well, like for ages. Well,
0: well, to him, it's only been like a year. He's still stuck in nineteen eighty-seven. Um, I guess so. To us, it's been over twenty years and still not resolved. So he's doing fine. I mean, mm-hmm. as fine as he is, while still mourning the death of his father. But anything that keeps Shenmu alive in people's consciousness, therefore, maybe allowing Shenmu for. I mean, I, I, I'd be happy at this point. If they want to wrap up the story as an animation or whatever, but Yu Suzuki, the creator of Shenmue, has been very much like, no, we're going to tell all thirteen chapters oh in, in video games. And I think, I think, um, I think it's thirteen chapters. And I think game two is like covers three chapters, and I think oh, game right. three is meant to be two chapters or something. So I think they're almost halfway through this grand epic story he wants to tell.
1: They should just release special Shenmue capsule machines and they release a story in various capsules you, <laughs> can, you can collect and trade. And I'm going to add that to my big stockpile of Shenmue jokes for when we do this episode. <laughs> like, why isn't he like riding a forklift truck for like two hours of the game? Like, uh, so funny. Anyway, yeah, it's, I agree with you. I mean, I played through the first game and much of the second and it's got a special place in my heart even if it's less of a degree. For me, it's just like the left ventricle and you're all ventricles (laughs) when it comes to Shenmue and your heart. And atria too. And Symmetria. I was trying to think of that other part of the heart, but you (laughs) you know a lot more about hearts than I do, it seems. One thing coming up soon, and I say I'm assuming it's soon because Netflix only advertises stuff when it's imminent, is the Cuphead show, which looks... looks looks good i have got issues maybe with the style of comedy but what did you think of what you've seen so far of the cuphead show
0: yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm all for anything which brings back that rubber hose old animation vibe and obviously that was the big selling point of the game and i think the issue, like, i have never going to really properly play that game because I remember playing it and finding it incredibly difficult and I am just don't have the time or the patience or the energy to play one of those games which is meant to be relentlessly sort of punishing and the idea is that you replay it and replay it and replay it so you can defeat the bosses on the different levels, etc. So I'm up for something which has that kind of, like, look and... Yeah, I mean, it looks like a, a fun show. I, I, I think I can sort of like guess where you're going in terms of the comedy. That it's a bit like screechy.
1: Well, it was more that there seemed to be a lot of comedy where the punchline was sort of a version of "Well, that just happened." And I think, I mean, again, it is just a trailer. This is the important thing. I want to stress. I'm happy to always happy to eat my words. I speak a lot and I like to eat, Uh, (laughs) so. but um, I think what the game did so well is really capture the animation style of that era, and this show is as close as we can possibly get to that animation style while still kind of doing it all in a computer and, and with modern effects, but the comedy stylings didn't seem of that era probably because the comedy studies of that era incredibly racist (laughs) but i don't know it just seemed i would it seems i feel like i would have liked more of an effort put into capturing slightly old style humor but you know we're gonna probably watch the show and is exactly what i wanted (laughs) he predicts anyway Like I said, it looks great, but I've got reservations. But um, yeah, the only other show we have in this TV preview list is something called Ark Survival Evolved. And God, do I sound really dismissive? And I go, it's it's something called, I sound like a parent. Hello, fellow kids. It's Ark. IMDb calls it Ark the Animated. Full stop. (laughs) It's Ark the Animated full stop. Yeah.
0: I I think the official title of the show is Ark of the Animated Series, which is an adaptation of Ark Survival Evolved, which was a game I was very confused by because I kept on confusing it with Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Because that Ark Survival Evolved has people riding dinosaurs like dino riders. Horizon Zero Dawn has metal dinosaurs, but is also set in a post apocalyptic future where there's like robots have taken over the world but you've got a bow and arrow mm. sort of
1: thing <laughs> yeah and you know the i'm looking at the poster and like a full third is the cast and what a cast we've got you know the Jared butler <laughs> well we've got people you know i was watching the the trailer i recognized like david tennant's voice michelle Yeoh, jeffrey wright Elliot page carl urban malcolm mcdowell alan tudyk and, and those are the people i know but there's also with russell crowe and vin diesel uh hopefully playing dinosaurs (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, I, I think I think Vin Diesel So this was announced when they announced the sequel, Arc Two, and Vin okay. Diesel is in that video game. So he's nice. like they've digitized Vin Diesel in the sequel to this game, and so I think this spin-off is having Vin Diesel as a the same character in this animation as he is in this video game. So it starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He only just does the sort of like press on the main any menu. button
3: <laughs> options when I was a boy I often would ask my blessed mother to tell me the histories of the gods of their great loves and their burning hatreds
2: and she told me stories of paradise Elysium and of their places of judgment the underworld
3: to kill another is to take away their past their present
2: and their future. When the time comes, you must do your duty without hesitation.
3: These are not my
2: stars. And this is no afterlife. If it were, I would see my wife again. I would hold my son in my arms.
3: I've found in my life that a sense of loss is inescapable. Death smiles at us all it's time. This place contains more wonders than you can dream of. Secrets that only I can unlock. Secrets meant for me alone. Can you feel it? The balance of nature has been altered. There is someone out there who may change our fate. Who could lead us out of the darkness. And yet I wonder, hunted and alone, on this strange new world, will she be able to survive? I'm
1: open to it. There seems to be a lot of fantasy. Um, I know I, keep, I kind of been ragging on these Dragons, Dogma, and Dragons Blood shows, um, which were they were both last year, weren't they? Um, they just seem quite generic fantasy stuff. And um, I'm currently midway through watching Arcane which is going to be, I think, our next episode. And I thought that was sword and sorcery, but it's actually steampunk, isn't it? So Mm. I think it's. I I turn on these trailers and I think, oh, this looks like just same old, same old. And then a dinosaur shows up. And so, hey, pretty evergreen. I mean, kids like dinosaurs, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't seem for kids. I guess Vin Diesel likes dinosaurs too. Yeah um actually i did i was looking at you at dragon's dogma on youtube and one of the recommended videos was by youtuber and their video was called dragon's dog shit which i <laughs> I, think, I don't know if that means we could skip that one we'll see um but yeah uh our, the anime series i mean with tv shows i mentioned we're gonna do arcane but you gotta bear with us folks there we don't have all the time in the world to watch multiple episodes but um we will catch a few maybe we'll do a special where we we sort of look at the first few episodes of a bunch of shows and sound like we have an expert opinion on them
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah as and when as and when when. shall we move on to games just i mean like i know there was yeah speaking of
1: netflix but speaking of time sinks let's look at games
0: Yeah, so I guess there's um, a bunch of titles, a few sort of like big ones and a few smaller ones. Um, but I think the sort of most imminent perhaps is Evil Dead, the game. I believe it's meant to be coming out sometime in the spring. It may may not be. Um, but this is very much following in the mold of, I think, the Friday the 13th game. And stuff like dead mm-hmm. by daylight, where it's a sort of asymmetric multiplayer kind of thing. that's the one
1: I was trying to think of the the phrase, and um I'm always a bit fearful of playing these games online because I always feel like I'm the terrible player, which people vote off, even though I think these games have existed for like 10, 15 years, and that's never happened to me <laughs> so it's,
0: it's interesting how like these the this sort of style of play was something like the Wii U was meant to do in a kind of local setting. Mm. Like when you played Nintendo Land, there are a lot of games where it's just like one of you has the gamepad and can see what's going on and the other players can only see the TV screen. Um, And obviously now that people play this stuff online, it's like, who cares? But Nintendo are probably like, this would have been good if you played it all together in your own home sort of thing. Mm. And I think but, like yeah. Zombie U had like a good multiplayer like that where one person was like could see the map and was like plopping zombies on the gamepad and the other people person on the TV screen had to like shoot them all and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so Evil Dead the game, obviously Bruce Campbell returning and you have characters from all the movies and the Ash vs. Evil Dead TV show running around the woods, um chopping up deadites, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think It would be very difficult for this film to be bad, this film, this game to be bad. I mean, it would only be like, obviously, by which I mean, if it's badly designed, that's a problem. But it seems that the universe of the Evil Dead, and you and I are big Evil Dead fans. I had a signed Army of Darkness poster on my wall from Bruce Campbell. Um, You know, there's so many interesting monsters and lots of fun characters from across the centuries so yeah. and, and also controlling the, the evil dead themselves would be a lot of fun so yeah uh, i would love to be able to play this but i doubt it's going to show up on nintendo switch <laughs> uh, i
0: don't know i think it might be oh maybe
1: i mean let the me, friday me the 13th it. game showed up on there
0: i'll have to double check but it looks maybe, like maybe
1: link from zelda will be a special unlockable character <laughs> tis um, a deadite
0: right. But yeah, I I think it looks like it's got... uh, Obviously, there have been quite a few Evil Dead games in the past. Um, Although the only one I've played was Evil Dead Hail to the King, which was one of those things where I remember it being billed as this is the closest you ever get to Evil Dead 4. And then obviously Ash vs. Evil Dead came out, which was basically Evil Dead 4. (laughs) Um, And
1: that that, that Evil Dead 4 in video game form was like... uh, a fixed screen of the front of the cabin and a fixed screen of the back of the cabin. <laughs> it was very much in the old school Resident Evil uh, mold, wasn't it? So Yeah, yeah it didn't physical. help
0: that there was a very annoying hedge maze labyrinth with respawning deadites. And like the start of the game, which right would put start, yeah. most people off. Um, but I plowed oh, through regardless. Exactly. And I
1: I got, is, you know this is the
0: closest I'm gonna get
1: to Evil Dead 4.
0: <laughs> I need to see it through to the end. I sort of enjoyed it once you got past that bit, but boy howdy, was that
1: a real tough going <laughs> mm. Uh speaking of games we played before, uh there's a new Lego Star Wars game coming out. See, that's a better segue, I think. <laughs> uh a six-minute long trailer came out the other day, and it's the entire Skywalker saga. Um I'll be interested to see if this does any different, because I I kind of got a bit Lego gamed out after, like, I think it was the Indiana Jones one. Um, I think that was the game where the Nazis weren't called Nazis. (laughs) They were just, like, guys in brown uniforms. (laughs) They were called Uh, the
0: Nasties.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you would punch them and they'd break into, like, three separate pieces, which would have been great to see in a Spielberg movie. (laughs) But... um, you know, all the gameplay was pretty much the same. but Well, I,
0: I, I disagree because this new trailer shows the gameplay off as definitely sort of the biggest Lego game that they've done. And it's like more like a third person combat thing because usually the Lego games is more like a kind of, I'd say 2.5D sort of thing where your little uh-huh. characters running around and stuff. but so this is very much more like, now you can do cover fire now you can like shoot third person behind you and that sort of thing now so it's you've got...
1: a bit less of a button masher then yeah
0: there's oh, like okay. skill trees so in a way it's
1: like <laughs> it still doesn't sell me it's like well, no, exactly oh, do in tell a... more a skill tree
0: they've added in all the things which are kind of annoying about modern games <laughs> Um, and at the same time, there is reports of like terrible crunch and stuff at the studio because they tried to make the game using a different engine, which no one liked and basically bad work experience for all the people involved trying to make this bigger than ever Star Wars uh, Lego
1: Game. You you've reminded me how that's the trailer for the film hero mode about the kid who designs a video game for his parents it seemed to be like the most like rose tinted version of crunch i've ever <laughs> seen it was like crunch the movie
0: it's like i've got to stay up until 8 p.m oh my god that's I three hours need, past
1: my bedtime
0: i might need an energy drink <laughs>
3: a young dreamer becomes a Jedi Knight. A Jedi is twisted by the dark side. And as the Force awakens, a hero rises up to save the galaxy. Relive the epic story of all nine films in the biggest LEGO video game yet, with LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Your adventures start by picking the trilogy of your choice, Start with Poe Dameron fighting off the First Order in Episode 7, jump into Episode 1 as Qui-Gon and his young Padawan escape a failed negotiation, or start where it all began, as Leia sends R2-D2 and C-3PO on a mission that will change the course of the galaxy. Whatever era you choose, play through the entire saga and experience the hilarious fun only LEGO games can offer.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking about things which make me feel slightly icky now, there's a new Harry Potter game, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. And, you know, watch the trailer for that. It seems to be this generation's version of the Hogwarts experience. I think it's set in the 1800s, though. And, you know, I've never been... This is not me being like, I knew J.K. Rowling was a shit. (laughs) But I've never been a big fan of Harry Potter. And... But one of the best things I've ever done in my life is go to the studio tour and, you know, you go through these amazing sets. You see the wands and you want one-to-one. There's somebody there, I was going to say 24 hours a day, I'm sure we're allowed to go home. There's somebody there who's making wands all the time and it's like just incredible. And, you know, as, as always happens with these fantasy films, the artistry which goes into things you don't even really see is incredible so I went there and then all this other stuff about JK Rowling came out and you feel like anytime I contribute to this world now I'm contributing to her like turf empire so (laughs) yeah even
0: if it's not sort of directly entering her coffers it's you Mm. know it's massaging her ego or endorsing her
1: just oh look at look at these sales I mean, you know, I don't want to get bogged down in that, really, as I said, because we talked about Chris Pratt, but it's kind of unavoidable now. Um, Where should we go next? I've got here the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, uh, which seems to be like a a new version of the iconic arcade game.
0: Mm, Yeah, so I think it's been made by the same people who did the Streets of Rage 4 um reboot, but it's definitely invoking the the old style, side-strolling, beat-em-up, pitsily fun. I don't know whether like this counts as a game based on a movie, but it's based on an existing property which has a long movie and adaptation kind of, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has had a very storied, I think, video game sidebar to
1: it uh, with some very good titles it's based on the tv show from the 80s iteration yeah which was called in the uk teenage mutant hero turtles because the Parian ninjas were bad so you know they uh, maybe they'll nerf michelangelo in this one and not give him his nunchucks because those (laughs) are cuts from all cinematic iterations but hey i will probably play that because though you go back to the arcade game it's not quite as good as you remember, so hopefully this will take, this will give you the vibe of what you think the arcade game was like if you get where I'm coming from. Yeah.
0: I guess the, the sort of other big release, which is, I guess, due at the end of this year to tie in with the long-awaited sequel is the Avatar video game uh, from Ubisoft, which promises a magical journey to the beautiful world of pandora rendered in all its glory that we just all can't wait to see again at the cinema
1: you sound a bit sarcastic there rory are you are you discounting the james cameron just don't bet against james cameron anymore there will be so much fun when he does destroy <laughs> the studio because of all the money i guess disney own avatar now don't they i think I think yeah. they've, got, they've got a few bob to knock around so they, they can absorb. I mean, again, yeah, I, I agree. No one gives a shit about Pandora. Um, everyone went to see Avatar because it was the it is still the best use of 3D ever seen. And, you know, actually, when I take off my jackass hat for a moment and sit down and watch the film, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's a good film. It's a good film. I, don't want to... <laughs> I mean, as, do, I don't know anything. I've not even seen the video sent me for the Avatar game. Do you get to Does it come with an attachment? You can stick your tail into it.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not sure that peripheral will be made available. Uh, maybe on the black market mm. and the dark well, web.
1: Well, you know, if you, if you get hyped about the Avatar sequels and you need to play an Avatar game, you're in luck. <laughs> uh t- so one thing which confused me uh i turned on the trailer for lord of the rings Gollum. i think it's got another subtitle is it like the untold story i think so the first thing you see is uh the age rating likely mature 17 plus may contain content inappropriate for children and what why would you want that the next thing you see Gollum knocks a orc on the head of a big rock. I'm like, that doesn't seem terribly bad.
0: <laughs> well, if you go into Gollum's uh, pool and yeah. then you press L1, R1, L1, R1, triangle, square, circle, okay. um, you get naked Golem mode.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure if you just position the camera in such a way, you can see right under his loincloth. For me, that's the issue. I mean... It's a feat of engineering how you never see anything inappropriate in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the video game version, you could just get the camera right up in there and see that in 4K, UHD, swinging around, his meat and two veg. His precious. His precious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a cinematic trailer. I mean, if the Hobbit trilogy didn't do it already, I feel like we're going to be we're entering the era where Lord of the Rings is going to be strip mined for everything. Uh, with jeff bezos's ring of power (laughs) and this game i mean it might be very good but i don't know if we needed the untold story of Gollum. me who knows better than everyone
0: (laughs) well big news uh on my front so my wife and her uh, parents and my in-laws they've got the lord of the rings board game um and they got it back in sort of 2000 so this was before the movies came out um but uh it's an incredibly hard game and they usually play it most do you end up at the top whatever, of a volcano and,
1: <laughs> in real life
0: you do kind of <laughs> it's not that hard but uh yeah so they've been playing it for about sort of 20 years Sorry, or so and they've only not one game it. it's not a 20 20- <laughs> okay. no, no 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 it's not like extreme chess but um so they've been playing this game sort of on, off, you know, for about sort of twenty years, and they've only mm-hmm. ever beaten it once. And we played it over Christmas, and we beat it for the second time only all together. And it was maybe the best feeling I've had all oh, of twenty twenty one. Overcoming Sauron and uh, his forces and it was of darkness. All
1: you, mostly you. It was mostly you.
0: No, I drew some bad hands, so I probably made it even harder for everyone. But, you know, that was more of the challenge, so it all worked out at the end.
1: Yeah, there's a few other releases, I think. Like, we mentioned the GoldenEye video game. So, we, yeah,
0: as we mentioned, we mentioned on our James Bond episode, we talked about Project 007, but there was just, in terms of an update, there have been rumblings that this leaked or a version of GoldenEye mm. 007 because there was a leak of Xbox achievements suggesting that there has been some sort of port, whether it's the existing one or something new, but remains to be seen. But we may be living in an era where there is a readily available version
1: of Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Online so. multiplayer. And I'm assuming the Xbox version, they can't call it Donkey Kong mode. So they call it, I don't know, Elephant Man mode. <laughs> I don't know. But yes, that would be quite amazing uh if if that happens big if if. but it will just add to my growing collection of games on my nintendo switch where it's just remastered versions of games i've already played i've i'm obsessed with tony hawk pro skater one and two at the moment i can't look at a railing without thinking about grinding on it so uh yeah
0: Well, speaking of that, there is still potentially the Blade Runner Enhanced Mm -hmm. Edition remains, I think, in development currently because the original source code and assets were lost back in 1998 when Westwood Studios, who made the game, were bought by EA. So basically everything is having to be reversed engineered. So that's why it's taking a
1: wee bit of time. If I recall, I read an article which said... I think they started saying oh, it'll be easy to reverse engineer this, and then six months later, we found that to be quite difficult, <laughs> and so it's going to take some time. But uh, Blade Runner, I mean, of twenty forty nine, I didn't. I liked most of it, but as soon as Harrison Ford showed up, I got a real Bruce Willis vibe. <laughs> you like he didn't really want to be there. um but i think there's been a recent anime show the black lotus which again i think was even less well received than the film um but it seems that blade runner still got legs so is there like a new blade runner tv show being made am i just did i dream that maybe okay. well yeah i'm sure know. we'll see the remastered blade runner video game which I don't think has been played by very many people, so if you've missed it, you should get it.
0: And, uh, yeah, just a couple of other titles which jumped out, but um, we've got a couple of real-time strategy military-style games with Terminator Dark Fate Defiance and Starship Troopers Terran
1: Command. It's funny, Starship Troopers, because as as everyone knows, the Paul Verhoeven movie is a sort of parody satire, I should say, of american military foreign policy and i think many of the spin-offs don't quite get that and are more in keeping with the very right wing uh novel version i.e the original book (laughs) uh so i'll be interested to see if this video game is more on the satire i get i guess satire doesn't tend to work in this sort of video game
0: yeah, I mean I, I think in terms of the trailer I've I've seen it's all very keeping in line with the mm. would you like to know more and federal network okay, cool. kind of stuff. So it has that sort of tone to it. But I guess once you get into the nitty-gritty of the game, you are just soldiers, you know, sending out units of soldiers, defeating bugs. So there's only probably so much satire you can kind of do <laughs> just couching the whole thing just like oh i'm killing all these boats with military soldiers but i'm doing it slightly yeah, ironically i'm just actually so.
1: visualizing it a game which completely putting completely lampshading everything i do would become really annoying very quickly so yeah i, I get it i get it cool <laughs>
3: With the city outskirts secure, the rest of the settlement is primed for liberation. Never again will filthy bugs infest these streets. A squad of fearless troopers scout ahead. Their orders? Report on enemy numbers, then lure the bugs back to the mighty bulwark of static defenders. The bugs may have the advantage of numbers, but they can't beat our military ingenuity. Would you like to know more? Well...
1: Is there anything else we have to say about 2022? Uh, Lots of content to keep us contented in 2022.
0: Yes, and to keep us distracted from all the horrors that surround us always.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, are we entering a golden era, a silver era, or a bronze era? It remains to be seen.
0: I think. I think everything will pivot around the Mario movie. I think that's the the shining star uh, in the firmament that will determine <laughs> the course. Well, of um,
1: I was discussing with our brother Hamish, who's been a, a frequent guest on the show. We're, we're discussing like where this podcast would ever end, and he was surprised. When I mentioned we were thinking of doing things beyond the Mario Brothers movie, because you can't conceive the world continuing to spin after that film came out. So um
0: yeah. No, I mean he's not wrong. And we should also mention 2022 preview, Dead Endia will be coming to Netflix at some point. Our brother Hamish, his show will be coming to Netflix sometime in 2022.
1: Fantastic. Well, again, lots to look forward to. Things will get back to normal, he says, uh, this year. Um, But until we meet again, God, that sounded like that almost went into um, we'll meet again, don't know where, etc. territory. Until that time, how can people keep in touch with games on film?
0: You can find more information about games on film the podcast on our website games slash podcast we're also on facebook twitter and instagram at games on film pod and that's where we mostly spend our time sharing retweeting previews of forthcoming attractions so we don't usually do a preview episodey kind of thing very often so do follow us on the social media accounts for the latest in video game, movie, and adjacent material, news and stuff. That's also where we share details of our episodes. All episodes of the podcast are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, ACast, Apple Podcasts. So do please like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with the show, we can you can email us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at Rory Steele.
1: I'm at the only man who can.
0: And the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot.
1: Cool. Well, as I mentioned, next up on the pod is the show we're only doing because everyone's saying it's great. It's Arcane from League of Legends, uh, a game I've not played, but I am an episode in and I'm intrigued to maybe play the game. So let's see. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. I've been Harry. I've been Rory. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.